0: This podcast welcome everybody to the humanist podcast once more with your host it is the big fat warhammer himself me and by my side we
1: have steph hello there hello steph <sighs> what a day to be alive or what a time mm. to be alive rather
0: Beautiful time, beautiful time to be alive. <laughs> <You> <laughs> the know. weather is dark. The sun yeah. has not come up for <laughs> what, uh, or it's months. come up, but it's like two hours a day.
1: <laughs> yeah, if if that, now.
0: if that, it's been raining constantly. It's the warmest December for like it's the warmest year ever, or since record was begun in Norway I think 2020
1: is yeah it's uh it's pretty significant I I don't really mind the temperature though I think the temperature is quite nice but you know it's just something about since you know with with warm winters come the cloudiness and um it just amplifies the dark because at least the snow offsets mm-hmm. it and lights it up a little bit but now it's if, if it's a overcast day it's literally dark twenty four seven.
0: I know, and there's no reflection because there's no snow, so it's just like a gloomy, humid darkness, a dank darkness even.
1: But not in a good way, like we uh, worship here on the Humidus Podcast.
0: (laughs) So we've actually been infused with dankness all day, and now we come to unload. And what a big (laughs) load it is, too. (laughs) I I guess I kind of set that up. Yeah, you did. You know, financially for you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but today we, in all seriousness, we're going to cover exciting topics. Uh, Cyberpunk reviews, 2077 has come out from at least some creators and, you know, it's been it's been a little bit mixed not like negative but it's got some criticism um and uh yeah we're we're gonna go through that and talk a little bit about what we think uh even though of course we have not tried it yet based on (laughs) what other people say i guess
1: yeah so far it's just about gonna be about like the the general consensus of what we see from the reviews that are out but yeah i think our at least You know first impressions kind of review will be out by the next episode because of course i'm getting the game at launch uh Mm -hmm. i assume you'll get it soon as well and we'll we'll go through different paths and we'll try and have some proper discussion from our own impressions then but for now yeah i
0: think i think that we'll make like an episode of that Definitely. Like a very in depth uh, type of thing. But we're also going to talk a little bit about the um, fact that HBO uh, actually is going to uh, be delivering on demand Warner Brothers IP.
1: Yeah, they which are. Which
0: is uh, very, very nice. Uh, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but it heralds kind of the beginning of the end for cinema I guess I don't know
1: hopefully not yeah but yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's a dangerous path for us who actually enjoy the cinema cinematic experience but yeah um very exciting mm. times in a lot of ways both uh, positive and negative
0: yeah so um how are you uh how are you holding up in these dark times have been playing some some um, games lately something exciting or...
1: uh well i'm still i'm still freaking neck deep into yakuza like a dragon i'm trying to mm. get that done before cyberpunk comes out because i know that when it comes out you know it's all gonna be about cyberpunk for until it's done yeah but yakuza is also such a such a good game and i'm enjoying it so much that i i want to like I don't want to be stuck in that all right i play it but then something else exciting comes out and then you just never get back to the first game you know what i mean yeah yeah i
0: know exactly what you mean
1: yeah so i I want to actually get the game done before i start cyberpunk because like so far among the launch lineups for me yucks like a dragon just like blew me away i've laughed so much and had so like such a good experience with it so far.
0: Yeah. Do you feel that it's, like, it uh, manages to continue that pace of humor and, you know, good content now that you're so deep in?
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, because this game delivers more on the humor than the the previous games, I feel. At least the ones mm-hmm. I played, which is Zero, Kiwami, Kiwami 2, and 6. Um, and this game since it has new characters and everything, they're a little bit more free to explore. Um, a more goofy side as well, but especially in the sub-stories, the, the, the goofiness is like ramped up and it's a lot of fun. All the enemy types are fun. Um, I can't, Whenever I meet a new enemy type, there's a pretty decent chance I'll laugh at their name or their looks or whatever. Yeah. You know, so... And the RPG mechanics are fun. It's, um, they're, they're, it's really solid as well, you know, in terms of like turn-based combat and actually incorporating the, the Yakuza themes into that kind of system. So, great game. Absolutely great game. I want to do an in-depth review on it at some point when I'm done because I'm trying to do all the sub as well as much as I can, at least. Yeah. Um, so, look forward to that. But it's a warm recommendation already. Just like... I think I'm like 30 hours in.
0: Yeah, um, that's... Uh... It's quite so, impressive, actually. 30 hours and you're not done with the main quest or main story.
1: Oh no. I I think the if you look at like some of those average times to beat, it says that main story <laughs> itself is like over 40 hours, I think. And if you do like a a run where you do quite a lot of side stuff as well, it can easily run you 60 plus. <sighs> so yeah. Um, I have barely scratched the management minigame in this one, uh, which is always a huge time sink. Okay. In, in the Yakuza games. Like, for example, in Zero, the, it's the infamous cabaret club and the real estate uh, royal rumble or whatever it's called. And then in this one, it's a confectionery.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's really fun because they take management principles and make it into kind of like this um, really fun management slash. Um, Kind of sort of parody battle game, but it's very deep. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's also the way to earn uh, a lot of like, for example, you can earn a party member, a secret, like sort of secret party member by completing that entire management storyline. And you also get it's the, also the way to get the insane amounts of cash you need to get the end game gear. Yeah, okay. So it's worth uh, it's always worth investing in those because they have like rewards that actually impact the rest of the game as well yeah so yeah uh, a little bit longer about the oxygen than i intended but here we go <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine.
0: <laughs> okay so l- let's just get right down to it cyberpunk 2077 reviews yes, yes. Has yes. been coming out from a lot of different um uh, outlets mm, yeah and uh yeah I'll just let's just talk briefly about what what people think here uh, uh it seems like most of uh, the outlets or reviewers are very, you know, positive, but mm. with a little little connotation of uh, that <laughs> there's a lot of bugs in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you've had some experience with uh, Witcher, you know, also being a little bit like that. Uh, yeah. At least, you know, when it was new.
1: You know, I I think CG Project has a history of this, um, similar to kind of Bethesda, where, you know, the games at launch are pretty rough because they usually have a pretty substantial ambition for the games. Um, Or, well, for Bethesda, I guess it's become other things as well. But for CG Project, um, you know, even the first Witcher game that ever came out was like considered a diamond in the rough in its initial offering because, like, it had a lot of promise but it had a lot of problems and then they listened to all the feedback released the enhanced edition that fixed most of it and revamped the game uh they did the same thing for witcher 2 and witcher 3 i just think they patched gradually as it you know uh went on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the game that if you buy witcher 3 now it's a very different game than what came out at launch and considering there's like a 50 gig plus patch uh for day one on cyberpunk i think we can expect um and these this patch is not implemented in the review copies as far as i could tell so you know expect hopefully that a few of those are gonna you know the most major bugs are gonna be ironed out by the time we get it
0: yeah yeah and uh, i guess we'll kind of see the reflection of that in the first uh, user reviews yeah true when people get their hands on it um yeah and apart from that what You know, what what did you feel that the kind of main takeout from people were that played the game? Uh,
1: well, it seems like many people are very happy with Night City, first of all. Yeah, Uh, and just like the whole. Um, that the the world is very, very uh, much alive. It's almost Mm -hmm. like Night City itself is a protagonist. Yeah, is a lot of I, I see a lot of uh, people phrasing it that way, and it seems that for um, yeah, you have Night City that being being like an incredible world to explore, mm-hmm. but then you also have people actually praising the gunplay uh, for being better than they expected, but then the melee being a little bit also what they expected, as in it's a little bit like floaty, not as much impact, but you can still yeah do you know a full melee only build and everything um if that's your shtick but it doesn't feel as impactful in terms of like feedback the then let's say
0: Guns, yeah okay yeah but yeah I guess that's I don't know it's always hard to do melee right in a FPS kind of you know perspective yeah and uh even if when you have RPG elements also it can be very rough. I remember Deus Ex, uh, like solving that by having some of the more powerful melee moves being, you know, uh, just a cutscene almost, you know, mm, or yeah. not a cutscene, but like a 3D choreographed, uh, executable <laughs> kind of move, you know, where yeah. you just take out like three enemies, with the a... you don't really, and, and that took away a little bit of the weight, um so i can i can kind of see what why that's hard to master or to, to kind of execute properly yeah but you know yeah and like making it bug free with the with melee when you're supposed to have like different moves and stuff like that within the first person setting mhm i think it might be a little bit hard but then again you know like some some games you know master that so
1: yeah There are definitely games out there that I feel are doing it right, such Mm -hmm. as um, Dishonored. Well, mostly Arcane Studios nails this, I feel, for all the way since uh, Dark Messiah until Dishonored and and such. Deathloop probably is going to be similar, hopefully. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, when's that coming
0: out? That's not too long.
1: It got pushed and got delayed Yeah, Um, yeah. because of the pandemic. (laughs) But as far as I can tell, it should be around May.
0: Okay, so it's uh, quite a ways off then. All right, but back to like. Uh, so what I've read from uh, from the reviews is that everybody's almost not surprised, but they're they're kind of impressed by how little focus the main story, the main quests has, and how yeah. massive. The side quests, you know, uh, the the number of side quests and how you know divergent their paths are and how impactful some of them are. Yeah, it seems like the and you know that's kind of the way they I guess they wanted you to feel that it feels almost realistic and alive in a way. Yeah, because there's so many branching paths and it's just so dynamic and always kind of place off the the main pathway but still is the main pathway is very very obscured and optional almost you know <laughs> you can just kind of play the game uh, only doing side quests and still be have a satisfied you know feel from it
1: I I feel like um, Skyrim for me was much the same way though
0: yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm because
1: yeah oblivion as well because uh first time i went through both of those games i did everything almost everything else except the main story for the you know the initial 20 plus hours yeah so but i think
0: that it like our role-playing games you know it's supposed to be like that for me at least i think that that's the being kind of pushed down a set path Mm -hmm. always felt is not i i mean sure you can do that but in a role-playing game you should be free to just not do that also and kind of in your own head feel that okay my my guy or gal is on a different path just doing you know this that i'm doing right now and when the game can kind of respond to that request from you and give you, you know, something to actually do that feels meaningful, so you don't just go around, you know, hunting like NPC boars or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a hunter in the woods, you know. Uh, <laughs> some, you know, some meaningful content that yeah. feels very, you know, dynamic and free, and not uh, hand holding, you know, you down a a main quest uh i I think that that's a very uh, the hallmark of a good rpg
1: i agree and there's also i I don't know if you feel the same way but i know that you do love grinding um Mm. and just have that kind of you you make up your own kind of anime training arc sort of yeah
0: yeah that's Uh, that's pretty much it
1: that's pretty much
0: spot on yeah
1: yeah and, and i i do like the same and it's also something about like uh, it's something. It's just cooler to show up to the main quest, uh, the the, the storyline that like really matters most. But then you you're not just like a newbie completely. You you've experienced no. shit. You're like a, already a bit of a grizzled veteran. You have mm. you mm. have your your go to weapons and like you know you you have yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. You're prepared. I, I like that <laughs> kind of setting too.
0: You're speaking my language here. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how I like it, you know? Showing up to the boss and maybe he's, like, mocking you because you're supposed to be a little bit, you know, weak. But you know that <laughs> you like, grinded out all of the fucking side quests and gained all the maximum gear. Yeah. Fuck him up, you know?
1: You just, yeah, <laughs> just use that that tracking shotgun and just, like, blast his face when he least expects it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, that it seems to be very possible in this game. Um, at least in like the first hours, uh, I the um, reviewers said that it was um, the number of available quest lines was just increasing uh, insanely rapidly. Yeah. But then when you kind of reach like I don't know maybe right around the middle. Then it plateaus a little bit because you can't kind of grow into the heavens, you know, it can't be exponentially forever. Well, um, uh, yeah.
1: I, I'm still I'm good with that, you know, having some form of like limitation depending on how far into the story you are. Um oh, sure. but I also like to be over leveled and over prepared for the current state for like, you know, whatever I'm gonna do next. But yeah, um, I'm okay with not showing up to main story mission number two in a Lamborghini, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like the, the richest, most pimped out. Yeah, because that takes the fun out of it. I mean, I don't like that either. I like the, the, the journey yeah. to get there, but I also like uh there for there to be like some content where you can looks like show off uh almost and <laughs> yeah. show how powerful you are. Like for instance, let, let me give you an example. In when I play uh, generals zero hour, yeah, um, I usually I usually kind of do a skirmish where I play against uh, you know hard hard computers, like just fill fill up the like eight versus or seven versus a free for all, mm-hmm. uh, eight, eight player map with seven hard computers, and. It's a fu- it's fucking hard to win those games because it's like a free for all. They just pick you know a random enemy to go at, and they have like more money than you and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, but they're dumb, you know. So you can you can exploit their AI-ness. But when I kind of after a while um, eke out a living, you know, and manage to claw my way, uh, uh, you know, to victory slowly. Yeah. I usually I usually just. Uh, not kill them off right away and i build i'm always china and i build like a huge amount of nukes salos, like <laughs> a ridiculous amount of nukes salos, usually like filling the the other players the defeated players basis with nukes salos and and power plants of course because you need a lot of power to run them yeah and then I like I like utterly humiliate the, the last computer with like if he like sends out one infantry guy, I mm. like use five nukes to just yeah. surround that guy and then crush him with one right on the head. You know. So yeah, you can say I like to grind it up and and kind of do that overkill.
1: I mean, yeah, I I also have this thing where when it comes to like uh, RPGs and stuff, especially like action RPGs, mm-hmm. these things um, where when I'm actually facing a boss or like a significant character antagonist, mm-hmm. and when I have to kill that person, I always kind of like, I, I, I can't just like, you know, burst him down normally. I have to find out some kind of almost cinematic like execution way of uh, making an of example, killing him. you know? yeah. yeah yeah.
0: using like a limit break or something like that yeah 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 always down yeah
1: yeah something like that and um I really hope that there are possibilities for that in cyberpunk as well and I'm still contemplating what kind of build I'm gonna do because even though the melee or like the melee seem a little bit like yeah it seems a little bit floaty but you're also dismembering nerds like left and right so I'm thinking maybe that's f- still fun
0: yeah and and the the fact that you can have like augment your body with a, um, all these crazy technologies you know the dystopian yeah. future technologies i feel that that lends credence to how a melee type of fighter could have worked you know especially yeah. in like a city type environment where it's not a military you know simulation where where range is always a very big factor and yeah you know, <laughs> you know, I love 40k, but it's not realistic to have like a lot of melee
1: in a modern fighting environment. Unless you have catapracty armor. Oh, yeah. Where you uh, can course. like close that distance without yeah. worrying too much about normal ordnance hitting you, you know. Of course.
0: <laughs> and you have like the per- personal halos and stuff like that. Yeah. The... <laughs> like personal void shields. Yeah. Yeah. Then, of course, you can. Oh, but I mean, still. If you have a personal void, void shield, you don't have the need to kind of walk over and smash the other guy in the head. You can just stand there and shoot him. You know.
1: Yeah, but so, it's more fun to just like it, crack. It's mid-head. more fun.
0: It's more fun. <laughs> it's more fun. Yeah, I. And I mean, forty k aside, of course, forty k. I love how they they justify the melee, but uh, in this game, it seems like they can also make like a very compelling melee setting. Yeah. You know, being I like a gangster in, yeah, metropolitan type of fighter.
1: But you also think that, you know, I, I also get that thing where I, I do always enjoy being up close and personal, um, even though I do love my guns. But the thing is, like, it's just something about having that, like, you, you just pretend that you have this, like, blood rage kind of character and you just, like, bum rush everybody and just, like, slice them up at your, like, you know, so fast and unpredictable that you managed to just like, you know, um, just plow through and avoid bullets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like you can, you can take a little bit of damage, you know, like yeah. it's sm- some, some stray hits here and there, but you're so fast that by the time you've taken those hits, you're already up and at, you know, throat ripping range. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Yeah, I love that too. And like the you know how the, the Hulk is typically depicted, like kinda just so fast and strong that that you're just stunned and overwhelmed and then you're dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he creates so much chaos around him that it disorients the people that are at range as well. Yeah. So yeah. But, but Hulk also has that that kind of um he also has that perk where most things just don't phase him. He just becomes more angry. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, I, I'm just curious to see how far you can cybernetically enhance yourself. Um, because I mm. assume that's gonna be a factor in a melee build for sure.
0: Sure, yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. I'll have to see. I don't know. I, I haven't haven't decided. Just, I just I'm just gonna explore, you know, I'm just gonna go with the thing that feels more natural when I get the choose.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course and this is definitely a game where you do several playthroughs I'm sure uh to try out different builds and stuff um and that's what Yong said as well because he he did like apparently he did a stealth uh stealth playthrough where he mm-hmm. he did like insane amounts of crit damage by plotting headshots with a pistol from stealth and he would just mm-hmm. like one tap uh people to the head like left and right absolutely wrecking nerds from the shadows so mm-hmm. so that's also uh, you know That's also a a possible way of doing it. And I'm just wondering, like, I hope that every kind of build is sort of viable. And I understand that hacking is apparently this game's type of magic.
0: Mm, Yeah, (laughs) because, you know, everything's like digitally controlled. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. But it's a creative way to implement it. I feel that, yeah.
1: And instead of uh, spell slots you have ram <laughs> <laughs>
0: is it is it a fact
1: yeah, yeah it's true oh, it's okay, uh that's, that's hilarious, you, that's it's hilarious. Literally RAM, yeah. so you just like you can cybernetically enhance yourself so that you can increase your or expand your ram capacity and like the rate at which it recovers and all these things you know jesus
0: but that's cool you know i i like that and i mean In a very digitalized, integrated future, that could be halfway, you know, realistic. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I think Uh, um, it's still possible that the Melee will be improved upon in the future, because CD Project Red has, like I said earlier, a a history of, you know, improving the games after they come out as well. And uh, even for Witcher 3 they added like as a free of free updates they added for example more combat finishers you know you know those like cool execution brutal moves that Geralt does um so there's a lot of things that could potentially happen post launch um in terms of that as well yeah and uh yeah I'm excited I I am excited I also did see some negatives about representation (laughs) in certain areas like for example the, apparently the way they depict trans is not mm-hmm. exactly very tasteful in some cases. And then there's also, like, apparently some backlash regarding representation of certain ethnic groups in terms of gangs and okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like... As someone who's not in either of those groups, it's not going to be as prevalent for me. But no. I can kind of see, you know... I, I can understand their point of view as well. Um, yeah,
0: sure. I mean, it's not for us to decide because we will not be offended. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> but but also, I feel that those who are not, you know, in the category of being offended should not be too vocal about it either. I mean, let the people being offended decide if they're offended by it or yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, it's worth knowing uh for because like it's worth being prepared for that there have been some back- backlash regarding these things, and that's why like yeah. um you might want to prepare for it if you it's yeah, worth is knowing it, at least.
0: Project Red, C D Project Red, are they a Polish developer?
1: Yes, they are. Yeah. Mm,
0: okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good, good <laughs> nothing, nothing I'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna say it isn't it, didn't poland recently passed post like a, a law that decided that women can't have abortions anymore or something like
1: that? oh yeah i mean
0: yeah i think there.
1: are you know that with these things there are like contradictions everywhere so yeah but just it's good to know as a heads up uh that there are some groups and uh orientations that are not like that tastefully depicted here so
0: yeah uh yeah that is worth mentioning because you know some people will be have their experience a little bit ruined by that
1: yeah and
0: did you have like more juicy examples than just a heads up (laughs) did you what uh
1: i mean there's this whole controversy thing about you know this thing came out quite Early on, but apparently it's still in the game. Where there's this depiction of like a trans person. Um, it's like it's seemingly. It's like a, a woman with like a very very visible, uh, dick print. Mm-hmm. And these things, like so, a lot of the things. The consensus here was that it was kind of over-sexualizing and commodifying. Yeah, yeah. And I can I can see that point, but it also depends a little bit on how they how they show the other uh sexes as well because i mean mm-hmm. if everybody's depicted this way as sort of like an over-sexualized advertising parody then i guess it's fine as yeah, long as everybody yeah. gets the same amount of shit i'm fine with it it's like the filthy frank show everybody gets shit but if it's just like yeah yeah if it's that's just, like yeah
0: that yeah what you're saying yeah i i agree with that but i think that some people think that since that's an of an exposed group that kind of tries to get away from that image. That maybe, you know, they want to be more normalized. Yeah, that that's kind of and that's not healthy for, you know, the trans image worldwide thing. <laughs> I agree. Like I can see. I can see the criticism, but I also feel that yeah, if there are to be like 100% respected and 100% equalized, then it shouldn't be a problem, you know, because men and women are also sexualized all the time, you know, in media. So
1: Yeah, true. So we'll see. I mean, um, great,
0: you know, uh, in uh, straight uh, sexual contexts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, all I know is that, like, I've seen at least a couple of, like, major reviews mention on this and the, having them say that it did disappoint them. Um, like, for example, Polygon's review is essentially uh focusing quite a bit on this but yeah uh, so i guess it is it it might be significant for some but like they also say that your mileage may vary and i Mm -hmm. you know that's the ultimate thing for this but it's good to uh, be aware of
0: be aware of that and also uh, you know about minorities might be a little bit badly depicted (laughs) yeah in what, what was like is it the gangs or poor and criminal people Uh, because everybody's a criminal yeah yeah uh, Gangs. okay yeah so are we gonna go on to the hbo um streaming service
1: yeah let's do it um but to just like do a quick wrap up on on cyberpunk it's kind of what we expected i suppose like uh buggy but a fantastic game and it's probably gonna be better with Mm -hmm. time yeah And expect our uh, in-depth review at some point in one of the following episodes.
0: It's going to be fun. It's going to be very, I'm very excited. Yeah. To to play it. Okay. So the next topic was, like I mentioned before, HBO is going to be delivering Warner Brothers uh, IP, you know? And um, yeah. What do you think about this stuff?
1: This is interesting because since they are essentially dropping the, um, all the cinema release movies on demand the same day as it's released in cinemas. So, you know, and, but it, I also understand that it's, um, it's, um, not like what Disney plus has been doing. Like they charge what, uh, $30 for, a for (laughs) Mulan um Mm -hmm. in addition to the to the subscription because that's like horrible anchor pricing but for for this one i understand it's just part of the hbo max subscription yeah which i think is an insane deal um some of the movies there are like movies that i might not go see in the cinemas but are still kind of curious about like for example the new suicide squad and wonder woman 1984. then we have movies like you know, I feel like I would have seen them. I'm going to see them in the cinema regardless. Like, for example, yeah. Dune. Dune is like my oh, yeah. absolute top expected movie. And I was so bummed uh, that it was pushed a year. Mm, um, but, and then you have movies like Conjuring, which is, uh, you know, horror movies are also good to see in the cinema, I think. Um, sure, yeah. Matrix 4, I. Depending on reviews, I might see it on demand instead of uh, cinema. But
0: <laughs> yeah, that is that is such a like uh coin flip with with Matrix 4. It might be really good and it might be like <laughs> really shit. Yeah, you know? exactly.
1: <laughs> hard to but, tell. But, uh... Yeah, I. I am on the side of Chris Stuckman, uh, the movie reviewer on YouTube uh, on this one, as in like, even though they say that it's pandemic rules, as in it's going to affect only 2021. It is one of those things where once the cat's out of the box, it's hard to get it back in there, you know? Um,
0: Yeah, I feel so too. I think that this is, I don't know, it's trending in a certain direction. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, cinema sales have been steadily going down on, on blockbusters and, yeah, just generally throughout the western hemisphere so has it yeah i think uh I, I think the sales are not like the real big franchises they're still performing but like yeah. all overall like cinema visits
1: uh, i see i see so oh man i don't know i i don't want cinemas to close because cinema going to the cinema is still an experience i very much enjoy and i would still be doing actively if it wasn't for the pandemic so i hope it's not going away
0: no let's hope not because i mean that's at least for us like a very romantic you know you have some romantic feelings i remember going with my dad to like see the first or the the um, the prequels the star wars prequels oh that yeah it was like a thing and lord of the rings very like huge huge movies that really you kind of carry with you yeah you know that first experience seeing them in the in the cinema with uh yeah all the uh, the bass just thrumming through your chest you know and mm-hmm. <laughs> the giant spectacle of middle earth just panning. oh yeah. you know that's uh, you don't forget that and especially when you're like a kid and your dad takes you like Come on, little guy. Let's go to the movies. You know, yeah. That's like, yeah.
1: I absolutely. That's a good brain. You know, I have. I I didn't have. Let's say we replaced the Star Wars movies with Harry Potter. Because yeah. Because I, since I'm a little bit younger than you, then you know, at that time, um. I mean, I didn't really know much about Star Wars by the time Episode One came out. I just remember Darth Maul looking cool, um, but I didn't know. And then I didn't see star wars until like i was maybe eight or something seven or eight probably i saw it at a friend's uh, place he had like the um, vhs collection of the original trilogy and Mm -hmm. i was absolutely immersed Uh, but then for harry potter and lord of the rings especially the second and third lord of the rings because the first one i remember i my parents didn't let me watch, and then I managed to kind of convince my dad to rent it on Showtime, like the hour blockbuster. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I was about to mention that.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> and he uh... and this was back in, I guess, 2001 or something. So I was still relatively pretty young, and he was like, "Oh man, like oh, fuck this kind of movie." Blah blah. blah. He was really negatively um, <laughs> skewed, and then but then it turned out. The movie was a lot better than he expected, and we both ended up becoming fans from it, and have since yeah. watched the trilogy together. You know, mm, um, yeah. but Harry Potter one, seeing that in the cinema just like blew me away. That was such a <laughs> great experience.
0: Let me ask you one thing though: was yeah. it with the English speech or was it the Norwegian one?
1: Uh, I we did the subtitled one. The, the, what the English
0: the subtitle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because that's like, that's important because I remember my, uh, my friend's kid brother. Yeah. he was like insanely in a Harry Potter, especially like the first couple of movies. Yeah. And since I've been reading the books, I was a little bit, I was like you said, old, older than you. And I feel yeah. that the first, at least the first two movies was a little bit too like childish for me. True. uh and especially with the norwegian you know uh, <laughs> dub because it's oh, so bad it's so yeah. hilariously bad it's yeah, uh, and it's,
1: it doesn't work <laughs> at all
0: and this the kid brother brother of my friend he was like always watching it when we were at his house on dvd because he had a dvd player even yeah. like then and we're just constantly on in the background with the norwegian <laughs> dub and it was so bad i remember yeah. being almost traumatized by that so i fucking hated <laughs> the Norwegian dub
1: <laughs> yeah i i don't know for, for my case i always even as a kid i always opted for the english audio because like i was really heavy i was really interested in learning english uh from an early age yeah so i always opted for that like because it's just norwegian Norwegian doesn't, for me, it doesn't work in dramatic settings. It, it works for comedy. It works for like. <laughs> it works for comedy. It works yeah. great for comedy, yeah. but yeah. it's like not not to say it's a ridiculous language or anything, but it it lends itself very well to to subtle comedy. Um, yeah. but whenever they try to be serious, I just I just I cannot get immersed. It's very few movies in Norwegian, whether it's like natively Norwegian or not. That i managed to get invested into so yeah, yeah. it's
0: uh english yeah, i i, I kind of understand what you mean but i think that at least like uh, the lord of the rings books r- yeah uh, the way that that's adapted to norwegian like using you know very old viking-esque uh, expressions to match the setting i feel that that's very well done and
1: so, I, I agree yeah. And but that's all. That also has the um, the benefit of being we're not talking about the kind of like Assassin's Creed Valhalla kind of Viking expressions. It's not really like that. It's more of like a. It feels more like a primal kind of. um, How to say? It's very kind of like.
0: It's just well done. It's just not too over the top. It's used correctly, Uh, you know, like words like log, nod. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very niche word there.
0: Yeah, but like they just use the right words yeah. from old Norwegian, and, and you, you get that kind of ancient, you know, fantasy world vibe from it. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. The Lord of the Rings. I agree. And, uh, yeah, so th- I feel that that that's a way you can use the Norwegian language, but yeah, in a modern like setting it doesn't let it's not as expressive and diverse I feel as English and yeah just when you understand it it just sounds a little bit you know unprofessional or something like that
1: yeah yeah Yeah. I mean you know you have those occasional (laughs) ones like Ice Age for example which has some pretty which has like uh yeah but that's uh, comedy Again? yeah exactly exactly and, and it's com- <laughs> comedians that are playing the roles and in those cases i felt like the they were very natural and it, and it didn't it wasn't jarring at all no, but no. you know most other things just like it sounds very immersion breaking
0: <laughs> yeah but i think that it does have something to do with us being native to the language so
1: yeah maybe we just maybe. feel
0: that i don't know i feel that I always think about that when watching anime when you know some character has this ridiculous name for an attack yeah and just in japanese you know and they just exclaim like kind of dark ball giga destructor you know something (laughs) like that and it sounds so fucking cool in japanese but I wonder if japanese people feel the same way that it's it sounds a little bit goofy when <laughs> they say that in japanese i don't know
1: yeah you, you, i mean i have a i have a small note to that because what i noticed is that because i've i have quite a few japanese friends that are also very into anime and i've, I've always discussed with them about like because you know katakana japanese peeves me to no end it means like uh whenever they and it's used extensively in anime, and that what that means is like the Japanglish wording when they say like, he said, boy and shit like that, you know,
0: yeah, "Fai yeah, right. and yeah.
1: that shit, like that, those kind of yeah. things. And it, for me, it sounds fucking dumb as hell, uh, yeah. but and the Japanese ones sounds much much cooler. But for them, they're always surprised when I when I say that I find that the katakana Japanese sounds dumb. I said, oh, I thought it sounded kind of cool. I'm like, I, oh, all right. I guess that's that's about full circle to what you said about being native to the language. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, right. Yeah, it's the opposite. Just the opposite effect. That yeah. that's why they incorporate the English because they feel that that's much cooler. You know.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's very strange. Um, yeah, how that works. And
0: <laughs> we Westerners feel that that's the most goofy thing. But I guess that I just kind of over the years accepted that, that um i guess japanese culture romanticizes at least american culture a lot yeah yeah it does um and a lot of the you know anime themes are centered around you know american tropes and cultural nods here and there you know yeah <laughs> you can kind of find it here and there probably because you know of world war ii and and that type of influence like oh post-war yeah influence.
1: I mean, uh, because American culture was one of the first culture that broke into Japan and forced it open, or like after they got forced open by Commodore Perry, uh, you know, like one of the first cultures they were exposed to was, of course, Western and especially American culture, and they were fascinated by that back then. So that that makes sense. It really does.
0: I mean, it's very interesting what you just said that they the japanese guys are like yeah that sounded kind of cool <laughs> but, yeah but, but then they feel that the japanese is the goofy way to say but yeah yeah
1: i mean for them like uh for example if you say stuff like Zenryoku de you know stuff like that yeah he's like yeah. let's go full power you know yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, to us that sounds kind of cool, but then for them, that just they will immediately be like, "Oh, you're an otaku, aren't you?" And I'm like, uh oh, guilty as yeah. charged, I guess." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that I say God. that just haphazardly in normal conversations, but you know, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just um, gotta get that disclaimer out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but still, um,
0: it's not it's not your go-to line, like right before you're about to go Blah! and I'm like, hot girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if you, if, you, if
1: you say that, that you'll and especially as a foreigner, you'll probably get a good chuckle. It, it, I think it'll work, but you have to sure. say it ironically. You cannot yeah. say it like ironically because that's when you blew it. Yeah. That's, that's but it has so a time and place. It can be used for comedic effects. Yeah, sure. Effect. sure. <laughs> Just time and place, uh, you know? Time and place and uh, ways of saying
0: <laughs> Imagine that in Norwegian, though, how, how goofy that would sound. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> because, I don't think there's a time and place for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just the fucking Harkomei <clears> torch. <throat>
1: Oh no! I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I I think you'd get, if you say that it's such an unnatural line to say in, to, to begin with in Norwegian. So I feel like even saying that you'd you'd probably also get a chuckle because you can't say that seriously.
0: Yeah, I mean that's an <laughs> ultimate ten out of ten baller move. Imagine you've, you've kind of you've scored this ten out of ten super hot rod, <laughs> and you managed to get her home and. Right before you're convincing the act, <laughs> you're just <laughs> saying that with a straight face. <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> so what were we talking about again?
1: Uh, I completely, I uh, it was something about yeah, oh yeah. I think I think where we started it by with cinematic experiences, like <laughs> keeping. Yeah, CBS. yeah sure jesus experience. christ that was a trip but yeah
0: <clears throat> yeah but uh, like you said um <laughs> showtime which is our blockbuster uh where uh, i remember going in there with my dad and we we'd seen the prequels uh i guess i think the third installment of the movie that, that the episode six was not out yet but then i saw the this vhs set with the first trial uh, trilogy and oh yeah oh my god i was like dad there's like are there more movies i mean i didn't know that because the prequels start at you know square one basically i i knew it but i didn't know that they were you know really good i i imagined them being just you know really old and Bad, you know, yeah, yeah. So, and the effects being really outdated and stuff like that, right? And I remember begging my dad for it, and it was really expensive, it was almost like a hundred dollars for the Brock set, damn. Uh, yeah, because it was like a special edition, something, something, you know, with uh, um, I guess it was the original episode, uh, four that was. And the remastered one which was you know um, a re-edited and retouched one with the yeah. I think it's like the 3d job or yeah something like that I don't really know but it was like a special edition including both versions right and some some artwork and stuff on on the box yeah but it was expensive and but my dad just and he never did that you know he just straight out bought it Oh, like for a hundred dollars. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he just straight up bought it. And like, you're going to you're going to get this education, this important education, son. I was like, he wasn't a <laughs> you fan know? to
1: begin with. Yeah,
0: he was a fan for sure. I he see. was a fan. I mean, he grew up on those movies, you know, as a kid. So or didn't grow, grow up on them, but but enjoyed those movies. And so, yeah, so we just straight up bought them. And I remember I watched the crap out of those VHSs and I loved the first three movies. I, I, even back then I felt that they were better than the prequels, even though I never hated the pre prequels, like, you know, the typical meme, oh, the prequels are so fucking bad, but I never did because you know, that those were my movies, uh, growing up, but I still preferred the original trilogy because it was so good even with you know the outdated effects still held up beautifully you know and it just yeah it just smashed it out of the, out of the water so i remember watching those movies all the time and uh you know fake even faking being sick <laughs> from <laughs> school just to, just to kind of have a day off and and watch star wars because that's what i did when i was home yeah you know, sick from school. That was making toast in our waffle iron. What is a waffle? Waffle press? Waffle iron? Yeah, waffle correctly? iron. Yeah. Yeah. So I I used to make toast in the waffle iron with the <laughs> very grainy bread. <laughs> oh yeah, but
1: that's that shit's good though.
0: It's it's it was excellent. It was excellent. Yeah. A good childhood. <laughs>
1: yeah. No child, no good childhood without it. That's what I'm saying.
0: <sighs> okay, but uh, yeah, I think that that, <laughs> that covers about about what we feel about the uh, the new. We don't want cinema to go away. Okay,
1: absolutely not.
0: I mean HBO, sure, just do Warner Bros. content, but but still have the grand release on the cinema.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still want to see Marvel movies. In the cinema just like there's something about that expectation you go into a new marvel movie and you hear that that marvel intro you know uh in blasting on that full screen with the with the sound system i have so many fond memories of that from japan as well when i lived there going there with the boys and always catching the new marvel movie at the gigantic expensive cinemas they had there i was just like oh man i i I still want to do that Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: all right people you've heard it here don't kill cinema and stay humid of course
1: and stay dank